Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and we are so glad to have you with us here today in the House of Faith. We've been talking for months now about what it means to stand at the crossroads of life. And I want to keep talking about this today. I believe the Lord has some good things to share with you today. We've got a lot to get into, so let's pray together, come into agreement concerning the word we're going to hear, and we're going to watch the word of God do in our lives what only the word can do, and that's bring change from the inside out. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you today. We worship you. We thank you for every good thing you've given us, every good thing you've started in our lives, all the good things, great things, and greater things that are still to come. You've begun a good work in us, and you are faithful to finish it. We open our eyes and our ears and our hearts today to see, to hear, to understand good things from your word. And I ask you to speak to us, speak through us, and bring change into our lives, lasting change in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to keep going right now with our series that we've been in for months now, I think maybe since the beginning of this year. We've been talking about standing at these crossroads. The series has been called Crossroads. And what we're talking about is literally standing in these places in life, much like you would at an intersection, uh, just naturally speaking, out on the road, where you come to a place where a decision has to be made. Whether you realize it or not, you're standing in these intersections every single day. You're making choices about what direction you are taking, which path you are going to follow. And the scripture has a lot to say to us about it. Our foundation has been Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20, that says, Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses, at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words, and this is what wisdom is saying to you. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. Verse 23, turn, wisdom is saying, turn, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. Now we've brought this out before, but the Amplified Bible says that wisdom is crying aloud in the streets, in the markets, in the noisy intersections, the Bible says there. That's one of the ones that stands out so much to me because I believe, like I said, you and I and all of us, every single day we stand in these intersections, these places where the paths meet, where we have to decide where are we going, what are we doing, who are we going with, and all of these decisions have to be made, and I'm so thankful that that's where the wisdom of God is hanging out. Why? Because that's where you need it. That's where I need it. That same wisdom that marked and defined and characterized the ministry of Jesus, that caught people's attention and, and in their eyes so distinguished him from everybody else. This is what is supposed to distinguish us. One of the defining characteristics of the life of a Holy Spirit-filled believer is the wisdom that we operate with. When people stand back and they say the same thing about you that they did about Jesus, where do you get this wisdom? You know you are living in something extra, something special, something godly when you're walking in that kind of wisdom. And I thank God that this is where he put his wisdom, in the place we need it the most. Last week on the broadcast, we, we ministered a message we called Prosperity Road. And it's, it's, it was all about the path that you take when you're standing in these intersections, 
why it's so critical to hear the voice of wisdom is because He is leading you to your wealthy place, the book of Psalms says. But it's not just about arriving in that place where you prosper spirit, soul, and body. It's about prospering all along the way. We found out also from the book of Psalms that His paths drip with abundance. So when you're following Him, that's the path you're in. When you're following the plan of God, when you're following the leadership of His Spirit and His His wisdom, then the path you're in drips with abundance. So it's not about being in one condition one day and arriving in a new place and all of a sudden, you know, bing, everything's great and different and better. It's about taking that first step of faith. And when you do and you begin to pursue His plan, you are prospering right then and there. Whether it's showing up materially, financially yet or not, you trust that right when you took that step, you began prospering on the inside. Because true prosperity and true wealth is spirit, soul, and body. And again, I mentioned this to you last week, but one of the main themes and, and one of the main ideas that you see woven all throughout Scripture is the concept of the path the concept of the road that you take. Jesus talked about it. He said there are two roads. One's wide and everybody's on it, but it leads to destruction. He said there's another road, but it's narrow, but it leads to life everlasting. So again, you can see even Jesus talking to us about these intersections and you deciding what path am I going to take? Let me read several verses to you today from the book of Psalms. And if you've got your Bible, I want you to go there with me to Psalm 119. And I want you to listen to how many times this particular word comes up and how thematic it is here in this Psalm and really throughout the Scripture. Psalm 119, let's bounce around here a little bit. Verse 1 says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way. Everybody say, the way. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Look at verse three. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Verse five, oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statute. Verse nine, how can a young man cleanse his way? Do you see this coming up over and over talking about the way? How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Verse 14, I've rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. So there again, you see the way, the path connected to our prosperity. This goes on. I mean, if we had time, I could read to you one right after another. Verse 26, I've declared my ways and you've answered me. Make me understand, verse 27, the way of your precepts. Verse 29, remove from me the way of lying. Grant me your law graciously. Verse 30, I've chosen the way of truth. 33, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. 35, make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. The, the, let's see, verse 37, 37, turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Do you hear this over and over and over? Verse 59, I thought about my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. What a, what a great picture of somebody being at an intersection in life. 
I've been going this way, and you know what? I stopped and I thought about my way, and I turned. I turned to pursue your way. It goes on. Verse 101, I have restrained my feet from every evil way. Verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Man, can you see what a significant theme this is throughout the word of God? This particular word way, you know what? It shows up over 700 times in scripture. This is a huge theme and it's a big deal to God that we find his path, his plan and take his way. Now, the interesting thing about what we're talking about today, his way, how do you even describe the way that somebody has about them? You ever known anybody that just had a way about them? Yeah, there was what they said, there was what they did, and all that might have been fine and great, but it was not just what, but how. It was, it was as intangible as it was physical or natural. It was as intrinsic to their character as, as anything they did naturally or physically speaking. They just had a way about them. That's what I fell in love with about Sarah Hart. Most of you have heard our story, and it's a long, amazing story, one that will make you believe in God if you haven't heard it. Basically, I'd seen a picture of her. She was friends with one of my cousins, actually several of my cousins. I didn't know her. I just happened to see a picture of her one day on my cousin Rachel's desk at work. And I said, who is that girl and why don't I know her? Now, this is all, trust me, very carnal, very fleshly. I see this picture of this beautiful girl and I think, yes, please. You know, I want to know this person. And that's all I had seen for several months before I actually ended up meeting Sarah. But you know what? When I met her, Wednesday night, March 7th, 2007, when she came walking into the Mexican food restaurant where I was sitting and she came walking in with that long wavy hair and that blue sweatshirt and those jeans with the holes in the vintage boots and just everything about her. I just kind of wanted to stand up and say, yes, it's over, it's done, I'm finished. There she is, she's the one. And that sounds crazy when you talk about it. But the more I got to know her, and I didn't do that, by the way, I just acted totally cool, probably not. But the more I got to know her, what I fell in love with, was she a beautiful woman? Absolutely beautiful. Was she stunning in every way? You bet. But what I fell in love with was the way. She just had a way about her. It seemed so effortless. It seemed so easy. She was easy to be around. She loved to laugh. She loved the Lord. She was easy to talk to. There was no pretense. There were no games. I just loved her way. Now, if you can feel that way about a person, how much more is it possible to not just judge God by what he does and those things are good, not just judge God by the outcome of his presence in a place, that's a wonderful thing. But you begin to fall in love with his way and his ways. Not just what he does, but how he does it. God has a way about him. And I know that because Jesus had a way about him. 
And, and I don't know how much time we have to get into this, but you see this in the book of Mark, maybe more clearly to me here in Mark, in this account of him and what the Bible calls the rich young ruler. And I see it so clearly here. You really see it clearly throughout different relationships that Jesus developed in his ministry. There were guys he walked up to and really doesn't seem to indicate that he knew them much more than just that meeting right there. And he just said to them, follow me. That's it. Some guys he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. What's that mean? Now, you and I have 2,000 years of looking back on that to understand what he meant by it, but these guys have just met him, and he extends this invitation, follow me. And what's interesting about that, especially in the context of what we're talking about in this series, Crossroads, is that word follow literally means take the road I'm taking. It has in it a a sense of unity. It's an invitation from Jesus. Come get up here on this road that I'm on and take this road with me. That's what he's saying. Follow me. How How good is it to know that when you're following him, his paths drip with abundance and overflow and prosperity. But here in Mark chapter 10, you see somebody that totally missed this turn even though they heard the same invitation that all these other disciples heard, follow me. There was this day Jesus was on the road, it says in verse 17, as he was going out on the road. That seems like an insignificant detail, but how much more does that mean to you and to me now studying this whole concept of being on the road and standing at an intersection in the road? Well, this is where Jesus was. The Bible tells us he was going out on the road, and one came running, knelt before him. I want you to get the picture. Jesus is moving in this direction on this road, and this guy tracks him down with this very genuine and authentic sense of urgency, almost in desperation, and he comes running to Jesus, kneeling down. I don't know if he slid in on his knees at the feet of Jesus, and he said to him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Other accounts of this in in the other books say, Good teacher, what good thing do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responded to him, and it was an interesting way he responded. He said, Why are you calling me good? He said, None's good but God. In other words, Jesus is really after this guy's definition of what's good because he said, Jesus, you're a good teacher. What good thing do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And I think Jesus is helping us and him identify there's something wrong with your concept of what's actually good. Because if you're calling Jesus good and right on the same level of his goodness, you put up there, what good thing do I have to do to get eternal life? Jesus is saying, no, hold on. Why are you calling me good? And the guy came to him based on what can I do? I want life. Now, what you're going to find out about him in a moment is he's got some stuff. He's got a fair amount of stuff. I don't know where this title came from, but the little title over this section of my Bible says, Jesus counsels the rich young ruler. So evidently, this guy has some stuff, some material means, some financial wealth. 
But Jesus had to get to the heart of this and, and find out what he called good. And even though he had some of this stuff, he, in his own life, recognized something's missing. I got this stuff, but I don't have life. And he came to the right place. I mean, if you're looking for eternal life, it's only found one place, at the feet of Jesus. So this guy is at the right place, at the right time, on the right road. And Jesus answered him based on his own question, what do I have to do? And Jesus talked to him about commandments. And the guy's like, yeah, 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 I got all that. I've done that from the time I was a youth. And the Bible tells us in this account, in verse 21, that Jesus looked at him and he loved him. So whatever's about to come out of the mouth of Jesus, you know, is coming out of this great love that he has for this man. He loved him and he said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Come take up the cross and, and what? And what? Read it right there. It's on your screen. What's it say? Follow me. Now, what have we already discovered about this word follow? Jesus is extending this invitation to this guy to come go this way. Come take the way, the road that I'm on. Join me here. I'm inviting you. Unity, me and you together, man. Come on, get on board with us. Just jump in line with these guys. I'm going this way. Jesus says, follow me. Why would he say follow me? Because he's going somewhere and he wants you there. Praise God. But what happened? This guy heard this, but he didn't, he didn't have the same response that Peter and the boys had. Those guys immediately left everything and followed Jesus. Why? Because he was so in-depth about his three-year plan? Because he was so detailed about exactly what would happen if they took this path? Why did they follow him? I submit to you it's because of one reason. He had a way about him. He had a way. There was something in his eyes. There was something in his words. What was in his heart came out of him, and it was so magnetic that these guys dropped everything, left their dad standing in the boat, walked away from it all, and took the road he was on, took that path, and followed him. Now that same way that Jesus had about him the day Peter followed him, the day Andrew followed him, the day any of these others followed him. He, don't you know he had that same way about him this day? We know he did because the Bible says he looked at him and he loved him. Ah, oh, here comes that way. Here comes that thing that Jesus has that you just have a hard time putting words around. Just, just sucks you right in like a tractor beam, just brings you right in, draws you into him, and you're drawn by his kindness. You're drawn by his love, by his mercy, by his grace and his goodness. And he looked at this young man and he loved him. And he extended to him this invitation, get up on this road with me. But in verse 22, we find out, we find out he was sad at this word. See, this word was pointing in this direction. Many people are looking for a sign, but what they need is a word. 
Signs come, but they come to confirm the word. But this guy heard a word, but because it pointed in this direction, away from all the material stuff that he had on hand, he was sad at the word and went away. This is what the Bible says, went away sorrowful. All of these words are directional in their nature. Jesus was on a road. This guy comes running. Jesus extends this invitation. Take this road with me. Go where I'm going. But when he heard the word and what Jesus asked him to do, he went away. Not on the road with Jesus, away on a different road. So this man, whether he realized it or not, and whether you realize it or not, was at an intersection. And there was wisdom himself saying, turn, turn. But because this guy's concept of what's actually good was all messed up and all skewed, he couldn't understand that the goodness that would come in following Jesus, it made the goodness of anything else pale in comparison. But because he didn't see that, he put the goodness of having some stuff and he weighed that against the goodness of following Jesus. And in his mind, the goodness of the stuff outweighed the goodness of the plan of God. And because of that, he went away sorrowful. And it's sad. It's a sad thing to think it happened to him that day. It's sad to think it's happening right now today in the lives of people all over the world. But what's most sad about it is if the guy had just hung around, I don't know, like five minutes. You want to know what he would have heard? He would have heard Peter say to Jesus a few verses later, verse 28, see, we've left all, Peter said, and followed you. We left all the stuff and we took the road you're on. We took your way because of your way. And this is what Jesus said. And this is what that young man would have heard. Assuredly, I say to you, there's no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who will not receive a hundredfold, check it out, now in this time. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. The one thing this guy came to get from Jesus, if he had just hung around, just taken a few steps down that road, he would have found out that when he left all the other stuff, he was just leaving it, not losing it. Leaving something is not losing something. Leaving something for Jesus' sake in the Gospels is sowing something. And Jesus said, if you're willing to sow it, I'll bring it back to you a hundredfold now in this time. Yeah, there'll be persecution attached to it, but that persecution pales in comparison to the glory of the eternal life that you receive from him. It's the very thing this guy came in search of and he walked away empty-handed. Though his bank account was full, he was a broke individual. He was a poor man with money. But the road that Jesus is calling you and I to take is prosperity road. These paths drip 
with abundance. And you want to know who qualifies for the hundredfold return in this life? It's you and it's me. As long as we are willing to walk away and leave something for his sake and the gospels. Man, I'm in this place right now. I'm standing in this intersection. Sarah and I have been here for months, it seems like, for years, it seems like. And right now we are before the Lord and we want him to know Jesus. We will walk away from it all for the sake of you and the preaching of your gospel. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.